0: morning everyone, Merry Christmas, and okay, and uh, soon will be a Happy New Year, hopefully, and uh, I'm so glad of seeing you after, well, we kind of broke off our, our church uh, small groups, etc., for two weeks, uh, you're going to miss it when you don't have it, um, but uh, uh, anyway, this Sunday is the last Sunday of this year, we thank God for carrying us so far as His people living in a world that is turning darker and darker. But He has kept us safe. He's kept this country free. He has given us still a love for, for Him and for His truth and for His people. So for all of those, we need to be thankful okay, at the end of the year. And uh, uh, as we gather now, we want to remember Christ's grace. On the cross So give him a moment of silence Confessing our sins Then we'll do the remembrance Holy God in heaven Our creator Our king Our lord Our judge and best of all, our Father. We come to you to thank you for creating us with a great purpose of loving us, of raising us, of teaching us to learn righteousness, truth, and love. And most of all, we thank you for sending your eternal son, your only begotten son, who became Jesus Christ. He came into this world being the creator. He entered the creation. Being the sinless man, he volunteered to death. And then being the obedient son, he obeyed to the uttermost. Being the husband of his bride, he gave up his life to buy us freedom. For all of those, we are grateful. We come to you today to admit that after we are saved by faith, we have not become perfect. And then although you have called us saints, but we have not matched the spiritual reality with practical life, not completely yet. So for everywhere that we have fallen short, that we have gotten angry, we have uh, um, cursed people, we have um, uh, hated people, and uh, where we have uh, thought more than we should uh, or said uh, uh, wrong things that more than we should, or less than we should, for all of those things, and even actions, of course, that have um, deviated from your character. For all of those, we come to you confessing those as sins. Those are inconsistent with the nature you have uh, endowed us in the image of Christ, with full restoration to His image. So, with our confession, we pray that you forgive us and you endow us with the power to overcome temptation and to live righteously and then to become more and more Christ-like until we see his face. So this morning, we are here to confess and we pray that you will cleanse us and empower us and lead us as you promised you w- will. We pray in Jesus Christ's holy name. Amen. <coughs> Thank you. Our communion devotionals, we have been doing this uh, series called the Spirit of the Law. We're now in the 10th. Remember the first nine? Five vertical ones. Be grateful. Be faithful. Be consistent. Be trusting. Be obedient. The five social ways. uh, Respect life. Respect marriage. Respect property. Be just. And today is the 10th. Be fair. And uh, the 10th commandment in the popularly called tenth commandments or Decalogue by the Bible, the 10 words. Okay. Uh, the last word says in Exodus 20, uh, uh, 17, you shall not covet your neighbor's house. You shall not covet your neighbor's wife or his male servants or his female servants or his ox or his donkey or anything that belongs to your neighbor. Well, you didn't mention your neighbor's husband. Is that allowed? And uh, No, <laughs> not either, right? So you shall not covet anything that doesn't belong to you, that belongs to somebody else, okay? And usually they own a little more than you do, so, <laughs> right? If there's the less, you don't covet, right? Only those who own more. Uh, and uh, this is the 10th word in the 10 words. And it actually is the first pearl uh, of a series of laws, okay, uh, of pearls, okay. So there are case laws related to this, uh, corresponding to this uh, 10th word, and uh, in which there are laws saying that you need to be merciful for the poor who have, you know, who may have borrowed from you who cannot return. You should just forgive their debt. Okay, how about for those who are just a uh, say weak community, like wh- what they call the sojourners or foreigners? See, when Israel owns the land, there are people from other countries who might come in okay, and try to live there. And some people are using this as to justify illegal immigrants, but that's another issue. Okay. Illegality is another issue. But treating people who have lesser social status and well-being. okay. How do you deal with them? You have mercy. okay? How do you deal with people who have more? Well, don't covet. okay? It's their things, not yours, none of your business. How about people who are on the same level with you? For instance, you're doing a trade. Should you use two sets of weights for your relatives or for others? <laughs> no, that would be unfair, right? Now, how about if you have a competition, okay? The Bible has a law that says when two men are fighting, man one man's wife could, should not use someone to grab the other man's private parts, but that wi- should cause her hands to be chopped off, okay? But the idea is when there's a competition, it's like trade, it's something that needs fairness. If you use extremely unfair thing, uh, means, uh, underhand uh, uh, ways that is just unfair, you see. So these all compile together and form the general principle of the 10th word, be fair. Okay. God never said that fairness is his attribute. He only said he's righteous, he is holy, he is just. He never said fairness is his attribute. However, he did say, am I m- not more just, and some translation is more fair than you are. So in a relative sense, God is fairer than humans. Okay. Why? Because fairness is trying to make everybody equal. right? But in reality, everybody is not equal. Okay. So you only, in certain situations, like in competition trade, you be fair. And then for the poor, leave them alone for the for, you know, for the rich leave them long for the poor have mercy okay so that's the general principle of fairness however there is no absolute fairness admit that okay if you want to a preach, uh, approach or achieve absolute fairness that's communism okay uh, that's absolute equality but if you th- think about it absolute equality is actually satanic in its origin why was why did Lucifer fall and become Satan, because he says it's not fair that God assign humans, some humans, the elect, who will become the sons and become heirs with Christ. He says, that's not fair. I'm the top servant. I'm greater than these humans. Why you not assign me but them? That's not fair. Basically, he's denying God's sovereignty. God has a right of assigning servants, children, okay, elect, non-elect. He has a right. And he created humans with male and female, okay, and different generations, okay, and some are stronger physically, some are smarter mentally. In that sense, God has a right to create a pot as a potter the way that he does, okay. So, if you want absolute equality, that's like Satan trying to be highest, you see. So, absolute equality or absolute fairness is non-existent, impractical, and ultimately satanic, okay? So while there is no absolute fairness, God does say that there is a certain sense of fairness as the last of all godly morals. Not the first, as today people say. People now define justice as fairness. John Rawls, the great maybe the greatest ethical philosopher of the 20th century professor of harvard university guess what is his theory of justice main theme it's taught in harvard university and all of the major university ethics class justice is fairness so <laughs> so that's why a lot lot of people are saying now social justice warrior they're social fairness warrior because justice, biblically, is defined as the protection of life, marriage, and property in that order. That is justice. Fairness is of a men- mental attitude. Don't be jealous of the rich. Be merciful for the poor and be fair f- for people who is in trade and in competition. Okay. That is fairness. Okay. And this thing is something that everybody violates. It's a catch-all crime or law, catch-all law, okay? Think about it. Have we ever been jealous of other people's ownings? Everybody being honest, raise your hand. Okay, yeah, okay. Have we always been merciful to the poor and needy when they have a need and we can and we help them? Have we always done that? No, either, okay. Have we always been fair in competitions? Don't we always wish the referees favor our team? <laughs> right? So this law is a catch-all that judges everybody as guilty. Okay. So while the Ten Commandments belong to the Jews, to Israel, it is a time of physical kingdom of God, and it's more about the, the, the externals that is regulated. However, the last one is a revelation that there is a spirit of the law and it's related to the internal. And by the internal one standards, nobody is sinless. Okay, So when Jesus came, he raised up the laws from the physical uh, regularity to the heart level. He says, now from now on, for the spiritual kingdom of God, if you want to enter by your merit, The law that says thou shalt not murder now covers hatred, cussing, um, and uh, anything that disrespects other people's life in your heart, okay? And then the law governing that thou shalt not commit adultery, now it's about your mind, okay? Your thoughts. And the law covering covering the uh, do not steal now covers uh, vows, promises, etc. So, if you measure by these internal standards, can any people honestly say, I have no sin, and I don't know Christ, don't need Christ. Nobody. Okay. That's why Jesus Christ, he came here to offer a high-level kingdom, a spiritual kingdom. And this kingdom is something that's related with eternal life. And then no one can enter this kingdom by his own merit. The physical kingdom, the Ten Commandments, somebody may say, I kept it all my life, except the tenth one, which somebody will violate. But uh, but once you raise it up to the heart level, no one is guilt-free. Okay. That's why everybody, if you want eternal life, not just a blessed life on earth, if you want eternal life, the eternity to be with God in truth and in love and in righteousness and holiness forever. If you want that life, you must recognize by Christ's standard, your pouring spirit. You can't enter the kingdom of God by your merit. And it's by Christ's holy life and then death as the only complete righteous man it's by that and your belief in it. You're accepting this gift by that grace and grace alone. So faith alone, grace alone, and Christ alone. Your salvation is based on these alone with nothing added. Kay. So let's just uh, open our hearts to we'll receive this selfless love by Christ. And not only receiving, but accepting Him as our Lord and then our head, so we receive his gift, but we are ready to follow, and submit, and love him back as much as we can, because it is the right relationship to have two ways, okay, so as we gather here, remember Christ's grace, and then we make, after we make uh, the, the, we already made a confession. Right now, we're making vows. We're trying to renew our covenant with Christ. He has given us His all. Let us give Him our all, so that He is in our life and we are His. Therefore, live His life in truth and righteousness, so that the world may see Christ in us. That is the goal that God keep us on this earth, not taking us away immediately. That's the purpose. So let's remember, Christ gave us His body broken on the cross so that we uh, may be changed to by eating this bread to have His life in us. So let's take it and grow in it. And remember, Jesus' blood shed for us on the cross when we drink this juice. Remember, He gave us His covering. It's like His coat. Umbrella covering us from the acid rain, the judgment of sin. And we are safe under this umbrella of love and the power of righteousness. So we come under his protection. We also remember that he promised the second coming. So let's r- live r- life righteously so that when he sees us again, he will call us faithful. The blood of Christ shed for us, take this in remembrance of him. King, our head. We come to you receiving your love. You have given us your life. You came into this world, your creation. You died on the cross, something you didn't deserve, but you voluntarily did it because of your love for us and your obedience for the Father. We are now under your protection. We accepted you as our Savior, our protection from the judgment and also our Lord. We want to obey. We want to learn about you. We want to um, uh, live your life to honor your name. We pray that you will honor these prayers for your glory.